Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in five... Four, three, two, one. TV. Great to be with you. Good Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in the house as well. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. We're too bright in here today, everybody. I gotta tone us down during the next commercial break. Seems like I'm in a spotlight. <laughs> it's annoying. Let's go. So where were you? On the night <laughs> yeah, in question. holding it up. Um, I'll get that fixed momentarily. That said, good practice this morning. Good practice from uh, a football team that I think we can say is going to be good. Question marks as to just how good, but uh, going to be really good, I think. And it's um, impressive when you go out there and watch these guys play. I don't know if you want to say the story uh, but to me, it's a lot of the uh, the new guys and then also the improvement of some of the veterans. But to me, like obviously watching Keon Coleman and you, you watch Destin Hill and you watch Braden Fisk, you watch these guys that weren't here a year ago and you realize that they didn't just make this team better. They're going to play a significant role in their success. These are all guys that I think are going to play a lot, obviously. I, I, I even think that you can say that about Destin Hill. I mean, for him, it's going to be about how much of the playbook he knows. But the ability is there. The speed is there. The fluidity of his route running, he yeah, is seamless, yeah. man. There was something on Saturday when they – or sorry. Yeah, you know, that was right. Saturday was the first day in shoulder pads. 
and Destin got out of his break on a route, and it was just something to behold. You know, it, I don't know that it was on the level of the consistency that we saw out of Andravius Jacobs in spring camp, which was every day. You saw something yeah, like yeah. that, and you, it almost take your breath away, and you say, how should you still be in high school? Look at this. But Destin broke off a route, which tells me he's not thinking. There's polish on it. He knows where he needs to be in such an explosive way that it's, it, okay, you're going to have a chance because you're only going to get better. This is the worst you'll ever be at Florida State. You're coming off of a two-year layoff, and, yeah, I'm sure you're right. playing seven-on-seven seven to stay sharp. I'm sure you're working out. I mean, clearly he has been still you know, in touch with his fitness, but this is the worst Destin Hill is going to be here on campus. And look how polished he is for that lag. Can't wait to see what he's like at the end of camp. It's every day that we're out there, you kind of get more excited. I, I I was just telling Eddie we were cutting a new – hey, guys, new Gordo's commercial on the way. There you go. Uh, we were cutting a new Gordo's commercial, and he was asking me about the team. We were just talking a little bit about uh, where they're at. And I said, Eddie, this is a likable bu- bunch, but I said, here's the thing. I mean, they're a likable bunch that's going to win a lot of games. They're talented. They're really talented, but they are likable because – and, and that, you don't always need that. There have been good teams that weren't all that likable. There have been bad teams that were likable, but they didn't win games. But this is a group that's got both, man. There's a real togetherness to them, but there's also a bunch of guys that are fighting for spots. They, they're tenacious. The competition every day is intense. It's a good thing. There are more pieces to work with, and, and I think the defense in my head when, when I say that, we know what the offense is. We know what it can be, and Keon Coleman fits in seamlessly. Like there, there's, no, there's no, oh, well, no. he's going to yeah. need to get integrated a little bit more. No, it's already done. It's done. He's fine. He's also so, good. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, on defense, you know, I don't think this is giving state secrets away uh, or violating the practice code, but they've already talked about Braden Fisk and his versatility on the defensive line. Dennis Briggs has played different positions. So when you combine body types like that with the Fabos and uh, also a Josh Farmer who's gotten a lot larger in the offseason. He had a good day today. And there's Jared and there's Peyton and Gilbert Edmond was a standout today. B- best day he's ever had really yes. here as a knoll, yeah. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Every phase of what they did, Gilbert Edmond stood out. All the way up to a strip sack he had in 11-on-11. I just think it's important to say that too because we left spring not saying that at all. Correct. We left spring kind of... Yeah, and and on Saturday, we weren't able to watch one-on-ones. They went inside, which kind of sucked. So now today we got to, but what Gilbert, you get to see those up close, which is why that's important. Oh, yeah. Gilbert is still quite quick for adding on 12 pounds of muscle on the offseason. He needed to add 12 pounds, though. But he retained the quickness with it, which I saw today. Braden Fisk today took it over with more speed than power. Showed a bunch of power on Saturday, a little bit more speed today. They're going to be a problem up front, and Adam Fuller's been very good at designing ways to put guys in weird spots. Remember, uh, all the way back to Jermaine Johnson. Yeah, he moves him inside, moves him outside, puts right. him on the same side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got these kinds of weapons. They're going to have a chance to generate more turnovers this year because the secondary is now looking for the football more. It's just I feel like turnovers are coming for this team this year. So the story of camp for me, which I just said with a lot of the new guys, there's a lot of reasons to be excited about how they're going to contribute and the things they're going to do, Tom. But the other story is the secondary, is the fact that they have played very aggressively – They've played some zone. They've played man. They've been able. They've been ball hawks. They've gotten to where they play with a level of intensity and enthusiasm that's even different from a year ago. It's all there now. Some of that's confidence. Some of that is the new coach. Some of that is the skill. Some of that, but they are a different looking unit right now. And that segment group has come a long way in a short period of time. And I can't imagine that's going to wane. Now, look, again, we've only seen 
four practices. You know, it's not you only have so much data. They're not in full pads, but they are in shells now. So you know, uppers, as they call them. So they're they're all there, uh, hitting now. And um, you know, I, I I don't know that things are going to change all that much once they put uh, you know thigh pads on. I I think it's pretty much going to be what it is. And um, what it is right now is a bunch of guys competing, and a bunch of guys understanding that if you're going to make this roster, what I should say is you're going to make make it onto the field for this team, uh, then you're going to have to work because right now there are two spots seemingly for every position. The only place that's not true is linebacker. I mean, but everywhere else you feel pretty good about the the starter and the backup. I mean, that's almost across the board. Yeah, there's a lot of balance to it too. So as you're watching practice, I think the defense had the better of a lot today when I was watching line stuff. Yeah. Now, 11 on 11, you could argue different things. Yeah, the things. long Johnny Wilson touchdown yep. throw and yeah. But but if you're just talking about trenches, I think the defense had the better of the action today. But it's the better of the action. This goes back and forth. I yeah. mean, you know, Demetri Emanuel can be on the wrong side of some of the worst reps you've ever seen. And then he could go against Braden Fisk, who's on a run of maybe three or four reps where nobody can stop him. And Big Meech just locks him up and there's nowhere to go. Like It's that kind of stuff that goes back and forth. Bless Harris does that. Jeremiah Byers today did that. Lost a rep where you'd say, really, to that guy? You lost a rep? Bounces back, goes against a Patrick Payton or a Jared Verse and holds his own. And you're like, okay, well, it's fine. That's what, that's where it gets fun, but also hard to gauge when you're going against yourself about who's really winning and what it's going to look like relative to other opponents. I just think from watching this team, I, I'm guessing you would agree, every camp that Norvell's been here post-pandemic, the team's just gotten better. They've just gotten yeah. better, yeah. more consistent, more deep, whatever you want to call it. Well, this is uh, fun. Now they'll – you know, practice today, tomorrow. They already practice today, tomorrow, and Wednesday here. Then they head over to Jacksonville uh, for Thursday, Friday practices. They do their camp over there, which is odd to me, but whatever. They do it every year. Uh, and then they'll be back over here next week. And, uh, you know, I, I think we're at a place now where when you see the pieces and you see the athleticism and you see the enthusiasm and you see all of the things that you like, not just competition, but togetherness, everything that, that, that you want in a team. Now you just can't wait for them to play. <laughs> now you're just like, okay, I like it. How big is that game going to be against LSU? My goodness. If you win that football game, first of all, you'll vault yourself into the top five. I'll get to the coaches poll in a second. Hey now, have the soundbite ready to roll. Um, but you'll vault yourself into the top five, and you'll have a get-out-of-jail-free card for the road Clemson game, although I'd like you to win that game too. Uh, but you'll have that. And and then from there, um, you know, I just don't really see a lot of teams in the ACC that are going to provide too much competition for this football team. I, Clemson's won. Uh, you know, we'll see what Miami is this year, if they take a big step forward or not. Uh, obviously changing your offensive coordinator, having a healthy Tyler Van Dyke, perhaps a better coaching staff than they had a year ago. Maybe they take a big step forward. It's a rivalry game. Who knows? We're still waiting to see what Florida is uh, this year. I know what I – in terms of Florida, I, I I know I don't like their quarterback situation, so it's hard to kind of – you know, it's just hard to find losses on this schedule for this team. There's a funny story I'd like to share from Saturday's practice that there's no way you could throw it in an observations piece. But for radio, it's perfect. So in 11-on-11, 11 11, back half of practice, they're in the indoor practice facility. There was a lightning warning towards the end, so they come inside. And there's a throw. It's a deep corner. I want to say it's to Burrell, but it's like it's, you know, a lot of the other guys. So it's a deep corner, good throw. 
Quindarius Jones takes a perfect angle, undercuts it, bats it away. It happens to be where I am on the sidelines. You know, it, sometimes a play just comes your way. Mike Norvell sprints over. He is so happy to celebrate with Quindarius. Five-finger echoing slap on the derriere of Quindarius Jones. I promise you that the handprint of Mike Norvell is still there. It was a little sweet. Ooh, yeah. And when you it echoed Ooh. off of all the walls. I felt so bad for Quindarius. Mike was so fired up about it, though. My wife gets furious at me. I do that once a month. <laughs> she does. I'm an ass-slapping husband. I'll do it. She'll walk by, and I'll... I mean, <sighs> you know, uh, sometimes you gear up to... You, you size up the distance mm-hmm. to pat somebody on the butt. Norvell went with a haymaker, Woo! and it landed clean. I mean, like an uppercut from Mike Tyson back in the day. He was, Quintarius! Bang! <laughs> I'm going to record me slapping my wife's ass so you can hear the same response that she gives every time. I don't think she'd want that. This angered... GD Jeff moment. It's the same response every time. And then I chuckle and walk out the door because I'm usually doing it on my way out. <laughs> I'm like, hey, babe, pants. I liked it. Uh, yeah. I told you my famous ass slapping story where I thought it was a friend of mine. Still going. Thought it was a friend of mine. This was down in Gainesville. I told you my buddy went to UF, and I was went down there to see him. I thought he was this tall, skinny guy, long hair, same thing. I got a running start. Wham! It's total stranger. Oh, that's right. Total stranger. I slapped some poor skinny hippie as hard as you can slap. I about that. And they asked in Gainesville. What the hell? Man? He turned around, and looked at me, startled, and I was like, oh, "You're not Trey." Yeah, I felt terrible. He's like, "Oh, sorry, buddy." And he was split. He's 130 pounds soaking wet. He just kind of like. You were known to do that to any member of the beat who was around you for Miami Saturday on the roof. <laughs> you would do that. It's the old playing I, days, man. It's the old playing days. I don't know what's what was worse, though. That or the karate chop to the trap. <laughs> That's what. Oh, I, for the uh, Miami assist, weekend? Well, no, in general, when I assisted yeah. Millar, and I was in Millar's office as you guys were doing the show from three to six, <laughs> you'd come in on the break, and what's up, Tommy boy? And then just like a... <laughs> Right on the track. I'm a hugger and a handsy guy. You know, hey. Oh, buddy. Good times. Any segment groups you're overly excited or condemned with? Or condemning, I guess. <laughs> um, let's see. Any segment group that I'm overly excited about? Uh... Where I need to temper my enthusiasm, probably the, uh, yeah, probably the defensive line. I, I think so. Uh, I really encourage you. Brought up Briggs. I think it's important to bring him up again. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't think he's been right since those sons of bitches at Louisville cheap shot at him two years ago. He was still not right uh, last year. I didn't think he was the same guy. He his trajectory was one of being a very versatile disruptive player and he just hasn't become that but I, I he was on that track and I think he he looks a little bit more like he's the the guy that I remember seeing where I got excited about his future I think he's starting to look like that Braden Fisk who they brought in I didn't know what he was going to be but he's incredibly versatile they can move him around the defensive line he's so quick and also, he's capable in a bull rush. He's a strong guy. Um, I, I, he's really, really good. Farmer is 
gigantic, strong, hip consistent, dudes. hip tossing people. We know what Fabo is. Uh, we'll see if Daryl Jackson gets his waiver or not. It'd be nice because if he does, uh, he just adds to a list of guys that can really play. You just mentioned Gilbert Edmond looks like a different player. If he's going to play like he did today, that's different. Yeah, that's and then, signs of real life today. Well, then now you've got three to four guys off the edge that you feel very good about. Verse is going to have a career year. He's going to go get himself paid a lot of money. I mean, Jared Verse is unblockable. Every day at practice, he's unblockable. He's just a dominant, dominant player. And he's put on weight. So he's already strong, and now he's 260 strong, and he's just – he's so quick. It's ugly. Patrick Payton continues to develop. I mean, that defensive line, I think, has a chance to wreak havoc. Now, what I like is that within your question, I felt, you know, stymied. I I, I wanted to say three or four others, but you asked for one, so I gave you one. That That's – that's a good sign when I'm like, well, they're good, they're good, they're good. You know, I mean, that's a really good sign. Yeah, the thing I'd say, Daryl Jackson and the run, you know, the, the opposition running the ball at us because if well, he's a part year, of the yeah. rotation, uh, that just solves so many problems. Today in the run game drills, Daryl by himself collapsed the offensive line twice. Yeah. Back-to-back plays. He's a monster. Oh he's a monster. I, I just – I cross my fingers every day with this situation. I, I don't – you know, I've said on the air I don't feel good about it. I don't. I I went from oh it's going to be all right to I don't feel good about this situation at all. I, I I think they're in trouble in terms of getting the information that they want or the answer that they want. I don't I don't think it's going well, and you know I I don't know. We've got a long time between right now here today and kickoff against LSU, and he is able to practice and he is practicing and he is dominating when he practices, but at some point, if they find out it's not going to be a go like. You're going to have to seriously limit his reps. What's the point? You got to get other guys' reps. So, you know, and I won't, you know, guys, there'll probably not be a lot I can say about some of this stuff. I mean, Mike wouldn't like some of the conversation centered around this situation if it, if, if we begin to notice changes. Um, so I don't know how much I'll be able to say. I don't know when FSU will make an announcement one way or the, right, way right. Or the other. We, but, I mean, you know. Uh, we're within a week of – you know, the edict from Adam Fuller, which is he's going to practice him as much as he normally would practice him until Mike Norvell says otherwise. That's correct. And we're still there. Yeah. Oh, right. Sure. Absolutely. So, you know, he's a dominant player when he plays. And you're right. I mean, that is the – they're going to have a pass rush. Oh, from all angles. Yeah, they're going to have a pass rush. The they thing they is, really can. Briggs and Fisk are too quick for you in the interior. Mm-hmm. And that's – Briggs split a double team today in, in the run game drills where he's like, oh, my God. So he can knife through you. So can Fisk. But then Fisk also has the strength on top of it. That guy's a comprehensive issue. Comprehensive issue. Because he has, uh, you won't yeah. go to the specifics of the moves, but he has particular moves where you think that he's bottled up and then he's not, and it happens in an instant. It's almost like he's playing possum. And then there's yeah. the speed that goes with it. He's, uh, wow. It's been wow. I'm going to be curious to see. Last year when teams decided to run the ball on us, they did. They were able to run the ball. And if you had a pulse, if you were decent on the offensive line, you really ran the ball. And so it's an awful lot to say that they're going to go from being pretty damn bad against the run to dominant. And I don't know that they're that. We, we've got a long way to go before we, you know, can maybe determine that. It's, it's not there yet. I mean, 
I wish we could see scrimmages where it's a real here where this is this is go time. We're going to make a concerted effort to run the ball with our starting offensive line against our starting defensive line. Like I'd like to see that, but we're not going to get to see that. We'll look at the numbers and we'll listen to what Mike has to say, but you know, until we get to that point, you know, it's it's hard to know that. I think that's part of it and this is why football is amazing because you bring that up and it could lead to three or other four uh, three or four other, excuse me, conversations about players. One of which, to me, is Kevin Knowles, who has been outstanding. Different player this year. Different player so far this year. He's bigger, and he's playing with great confidence. He's a teacher. He's out there helping the other guys. They've gone on record, the coaches have, saying that safety is now in play for Kevin Knowles. Mm, and certainly we've seen that. But to your point in scrimmages, I'd love to see against the run, You know, how does he react? How does he read the field from back there? He's larger, so he can come up and make a sturdy stop on a running back. But is he seeing the angles properly? It's different from back there than it is at slot corner or outside corner. I'd love to know if that's a good answer. Because if it is, then Kevin Knowles is going to be – it's going to be hard to keep that kid off the field. I mean, he has been very, very good so far. Well, he's going to play a lot. Yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, Caleb wants to know how's Omar Graham looking. You know, until we get these guys in full pads and they're coming up and having to tackle, tackle, it's kind of tough to tell. Um, yeah, the trenches are okay with, with shells because yeah. it's about what the offensive lineman can do to engage and lock you up. But you're right. Full pads tell the story once you get deeper in the layers about contact and who's where and who's got the strength to bring you down versus just get there to thump. Yeah. Good problems to have, man. Right now, there has not been a lot that's negative. There really hasn't. I would be quick to tell you if there was. Um, you hear us praising the defensive line, Ed, and it's not at the expense of the offensive line. We're not saying that the offensive line is bad because the defensive line had a good day today. The defensive line had a really good day today. But this is a good offensive line, but they, they mix and match with these guys all the time, so you really haven't seen their starting five yet out there together. Yeah, every offensive lineman, I'd say every single one, that you could guess and say could make the two deep or be in that top eight because Alex Atkins wants the top eight to be settled before they play LSU. Every single one of those players has had really good moments, really good moments where you say, oh, man, guess he could be the starter. Or, oh, maybe this guy could be the starter. But it's just tougher because you don't have the five that you like yet. Uh, They've also gone on record. This is something that's not given away. Any secrets Mike Norvell said that Robert Scott at left tackle is ahead of schedule, that they had him for the offseason, ahead of schedule to get integrated, but Robert's played a lot of football. And he said that, so what do you think that means? Maybe they're they're trying some other guys out to see and mixing and matching to see what works. Well, I'm going to be very, very interested to see what happens with Robert Scott. I, I, I could see a scenario at this point where the tackles are Byers and Harris. And Scott could be a guard. We'll see. I don't know. He may be second string. I don't know. He may he could win start. the starting job back. Yeah. yeah. So we don't know. But I can certainly make an argument for Byers and Harris as tackles. I, I think, and this would have been the case last year too, that Bless is your most, uh, he's like a switch hitting tackle. He's comfortable on either side of the plate. Mm-hmm. I don't know that's the case for everybody that's a tackle right now on the mm-hmm. roster. Right. But Bless, Bless is – basically your emergency backup as you're on either side 
I think, in addition to probably a starter. Probably on one a starter hand. on one of those sides. Like, yeah. It's there's some guys. Tristan Worse for the Bucks has lamented moving from right tackle to left this offseason. He says he doesn't like it. Get it together, man. He's seen a therapist over it. <laughs> He's one of the best right tackles in the game. But I'm just but, saying, come on, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm here crying about it. I don't think it's the easiest thing in the world, though. Bless makes it look easy, moving back and forth. So, yeah, he, he's got a real shot to be a starter, I think. All right, so obviously some things happened over the weekend, including a huge get for Mike Norvell, and it is a resounding um, uh, you know, commitment in that the way that it shook things up in the recruiting world and what it signifies – I'll get back to some of these questions about the team that you guys are asking. By the way, I, I mean, it's a long first segment, but it's a fun first segment. Let me just say this. The kickers have been great. Both kickers have been great. They have. I mean, they'll miss a kick every now and again. Nobody's going to have a perfect week. I mean, people miss a kick here and there. But they have both been really, really good. This has been a good start to camp for these two kickers. Your voice is not trembling, sir. Mm-mm. They both looked really good. We made a joke today because they both made everything, and thunderously so, uh, that uh, we said Mike should ask the opposing coach which one of the two kickers they'd like to come in and make this next kick. Like, hey, who do you want? I got two. They're both going to make it. Right now, you can say that. Right now, you can feel good. Uh, it's a fun competition. That's what you want. You, I'm, I'm not declaring anybody a winner yet. You can't. But in terms of uh, just kicking field goals, guys, kicking field goals. I'm not talking about punt returns. I'm not talking about kick returns. I'm just talking kicking field goals. These two guys look good right now. That's different and exciting. And you jinxed them. That's no, great. That's great. no such whammies thing. out there. No such thing. Tomorrow we're gonna we're gonna yeah. watch here. Whammy. <laughs> no whammies. And no whammies. stop. It's Jeff Cambridge on 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chat TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply welcome back to the jeff cameron show sponsored by legendary home loans a mortgage experience designed around speed simplicity and customer service before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The coach's poll is out. <laughs> the coach's ch- poll. Every year. Every year we're children when we do this. The coach's poll. Freaking Beavis and Butthead. The coach's poll is out. The coach's poll. 
And uh, we shall take a gander. Number one. The coaches poll. Georgia. No surprise. Number two. Michigan. The coaches poll. Kind of a surprise. Number three. Alabama. The coaches poll. Number four. Ohio State. Number five. LSU. The coaches poll. How about that? Southern Cal sits at six, Penn State at seven, and Florida State ahead of Clemson at eight. The coaches poll. Clemson comes in at nine, and number 10 is Tennessee rounding it out. Uh, Rapid fire one time. Here is the rest. Washington, Texas, Notre Dame, Houston, uh, or that's Utah, sorry. Utah, who changed their logo. That's stupid. Oregon, TCU, Kansas State, Oregon State, who's conference-less. The coaches poll. OU, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Ole Miss, Tulane, Texas Tech, and number 25, Texas A&M. The coaches poll. <laughs> so you, according to the coaches poll, have number five versus number eight in the first game of the season with LSU coming in as a slight favorite. But uh, there's your coaches poll. There it is. Oh, man. We had a question before we went to uh, – we had a question before we went to break, and it was about punt return. And I think they've got in their back pocket Keon Coleman. When you watch him, he's comfortable. Khalil, he's very comfortable. He seems, at the very least, like that's a guy that can go catch the ball and judges it well in the air and takes the right angle and – is commanding to the others around him as he goes and makes a play. Now, they're working other people in that position. Uh, there's a guy in particular, Tom, that I would probably stop working at that position. He yep. has not looked comfortable and has struggled. That's correct. However, there are weeks of camp to go. Correct, so, correct. Yeah. Um, I don't want to waste all of them trying to get him to be able to return punts. Um, let's see if after the end of this week it's not working. Let's move it along here. Let's let those, let's let those who are, uh, get all of the reps. But uh, yeah, I, I think you're good there. Khalil, uh, thanks for the contribution. Is it not laughable seeing Georgia fans acting like FSU is Wyoming? Have they forgotten the consistent level of mediocrity they displayed for the better part of 30 years post Herschel Walker? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they have, but winning back-to-back championships will make you filled with uh, pride and bravado and uh, amnesia. Woo! Uh, but that said, it's the better part of forty years. Too, yeah, you really. can go. You can go back further. Yeah, I was gonna say. So I, I just, you know, at this point, um, I don't really worry about what. In, it, it's funny. We're gonna enter a season, guys. We're gonna we're gonna enter a season where Florida State people are gonna feel some kind of way about Florida State, all right? And I don't care anything about those feelings. I don't care. Uh, you got half the three quarters of the ACC incredulous that Florida State would like to make some money, and apparently are being routinely called by David Hale on a you know daily basis, and then that becomes the same article that other people that are in the athletic departments at other schools are upset with Florida State. Who cares? I mean, that is a pushback born out of fear. 
Nobody's going to say, oh, I get it. I hope they leave because they know that's not good. If Florida State leaves the ACC and Clemson goes with them, good night, ACC. And if you do somehow keep it together, you're just an also-ran conference that nobody cares about, making 40 to $50 million less than those that are seeking to leave. So go to hell. But they're going to say it. They're all upset. And I, that's not going to change because Florida State's not going to stop talking about leaving. Until hopefully. Until they make the announcement that they're know, leaving. That they, they leave. You know, Georgia fans right about now are looking over at Tallahassee going, damn it. They've awakened from their slumber and they're starting to take our players. Yes, yes. And there's more to come. It's a beautiful thing. My hope is that Florida State and the administration are not like the multiple goodbye guy. You know the multiple goodbye guy? Yeah. We all have that in our family maybe for Thanksgiving. You know? Yeah. Uncle Ted says Ted, goodbye to everybody. Get in the car. Three uh, times. You said goodbye already. Right. Leave. Yep. Maybe you find him at the corner pocket bar and grill. Wants to tell you goodbye. Then, you know what? He forgot something. So he's going to go up to the high top, go grab his phone, come back, say goodbye to everybody a second time. Let's not be that as an administration here. Let's not be the multiple goodbye guy. We've now said goodbye. Yeah, we've made uh, the case, and it is well known. Now get in the car. Everything, All that's left is to to get with the getting, as I like to say, and, you know, we'll see when that happens. Hopefully sooner rather than later. So the K.J. Bolden get is reverberating around college football because I think almost more than anybody, that guy – kind of represents that Florida State is elevating in status again, that they're, they're, they're moving back into the neighborhood. They've come on back in where we seek to compete for championships. This is, this is another indicator. There were already signs that it was moving in that direction, but now when you start grabbing five-star kids and you are able to wrestle them away from the likes of Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, you're playing big boy football again. Now we're back to recruiting like Florida State can recruit when Florida State is operating at peak efficiency. And it's funny how you jog the memories of fan bases in these moments where you obtain a player like that, and let's say a linebacker is next, and he comes to Florida State, and they thought he was going to go to Georgia, they'll be pushed back again. But these are the big-time five-star prospects you got to bring in to compete at the highest levels consistently and try to make the college football playoff. And Florida State has every intention of doing so. So you're seeing this marriage of the floor being raised, the overall talent, the success on the field, the activity off the field in regards to Florida State wanting to get out of this conference. Then you're seeing the successes in recruiting that come with success on the field and a renewed commitment to winning. All of these things are happening, and it's a, it's, it's a good sign. But it comes with a price, and that price is that Florida State's going to be back to being hated again by an awful lot of people. And that's when you know we're doing great things, everybody. Celebrate that vitriol. Celebrate that hatred. Roll your eyes and laugh, and don't take it personal. It's fear-based. It's always just fear-based. And not everybody that says something dumb, born out of fear, 
is a bad guy. Like, David Hale's not a bad guy. Andrea Adelson's not a bad woman. These are, But these are people writing stories from the perspective of those folks in the triangle, giving them their opinion, and they're documenting that. I would say just in reading some of these clippings that Andrea has been far more fair and has, has Florida State's side documented more because she's been here. She was here last week talking to everybody involved from the president on down through the athletic department. So I, I think in the grand scheme, when you see a double byline, if there's something where you say, well, that's fair, probably Andrea in this situation because she's based in Flor- at, yeah. in the state of Florida and has been to Florida State. Yeah, lately. Yeah, yeah, she has. For this story. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing of it is, though, even David at the end of that article was like, Florida State could just write the check and leave. I mean, yes. It's a breakthrough. I believe we call that a, a breakthrough <laughs> moment. Um, it's, hey, so you're telling me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I didn't see. Let me check that. Let me put my glasses on. Ironclad? Not ironclad. I, I don't see the word ironclad in that graph. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I think when you saw the private equity story last week and we talked about it, I mean, we went from – why we're mad, why we want out, to here's how. The whys and the hows are out there. That's basically a military parade. Fire the rocket. Let's go. <laughs> Fire the damn rocket. I don't need the parade. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk, Radio War Chant TV. Uh, good Monday. Kind of curious how quickly we will hear the next uh, part of this story. Um, I mean, I, I it's fascinating. Um, there's a lot of rumors out there that something happened before the 15th or the 16th. I mean, you've heard that too. I mean, just a buzz that something what, will something be an- will be announced. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, 16th is too late. I, that's why I always put that there. Is are we going to get to the 16th? Yeah, and yeah. There's going to be nothing doing. It's not that far away. Yeah. Well, it would put the kibosh on any discussion uh, for a year. <laughs> that's for sure. Yes. Or and even if they at that point if they talk tough after whatever. Man. Yeah. Cool. I don't know what the odds are. Uh, I, I I have no idea, Glenn. And Optimus writes, Jeff, if you're confident in the two deep, why don't you think this team can win it all? I wouldn't pick them to win it all because, th- because I think there are some teams, Georgia, not many teams, but Georgia being one of them, 
um, that has a deeper pool of talent on its roster than Florida State does. I mean, it's a war of attrition, as they say, with football. Guys are going to get hurt. And while I'm confident in many of the backups, they're not as good as the starters, obviously. And and I think that uh, when you've had recruiting class after recruiting class and you're stockpiling five stars, it's a little bit different than what we've seen from Florida State, which is an uptick in overall talent, a raising of the floor, segment groups that are not – uh, singular in terms of players that you can celebrate and be excited to watch play. Uh, but they're not where they want to be, which is to, to again, have two and three and four and five classes like this. It's going to be tough to find an offense more dynamic than Florida State. I now. agree with that. I have no concerns about the offense. If you can show, and it's going to be hard to – the LSU game is a clash of the Titans right out the gate. In a way, that that's tough to evaluate what you are or what you aren't because you've got – by definition, now with the coaches' poll being released today, two top ten teams yeah. going against each other. So yeah, it's hard to draw sweeping conclusions. That might be the best opponent you face in twelve games in in LSU. But if you can show that you can stop the run consistently up the middle, and Daryl Jackson would go a long way to long helping way that. Long way in showing that. Yeah, that's the I other just, part feel, of this. I feel better about pressure-induced mistakes by the quarterback. I feel better that we're going to be looking for those mistakes in the secondary. I feel better that they're trained to get downhill, capitalize on those plays. Not only make an interception, but maybe return it the other way for a good chunky yardage, get a short field. It just looks like it's starting to work that way a little bit more than it had in previous camps. Yeah, and I guess when somebody says, why don't you think they can win it all? Can they win it all? Yeah, they could win it all. They could win it all. I don't think they will. I'm not picking them to win it all. But could they win it all? Yeah, they could. I mean, you know, I mean, it's about matchups. It's about, you know, how healthy you remain. It's a lot of things. But every year we, at some point, end up having the conversation, you and I do. And I got the coach's poll right here, Tom. The coach's poll. Of these teams, stop me when I name the first one that you don't think can win the national championship. Not will, but you don't think can. You ready? Here we go. Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, Southern Cal, Penn State. Southern Cal. Defense. Can't do it. Sorry. It's hard. I actually think when you get to six and seven, I'm like, Penn State, man, get the hell up out of here with this winning in the national championship. No. Florida State, Clemson. Tennessee. I, I suppose. I would put Tennessee ahead of Clemson. They throttled them last year. Tennessee did. And Tennessee, I think that offense is more reliable with the scheme versus I don't know what Clemson is now. I like the hire they made, but there's a lot of moving parts there to, to be proven out over time. I think Tennessee has – they kind of have a role in there. They got a philosophy. They stick to it. They're going to be explosive. It's interesting, though, right? Like, we don't think – Utah can win the national championship. We don't think Notre Dame can win the national championship. I, maybe Texas can. I mean, oh yeah, I, I don't know about Clemson or Tennessee either. Sorry, I just yeah, I thought the exercise for that particular part was was done at USC. No, 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 no. Yeah, you can stop it at USC. I I know we're below them in the polls, but don't matter. Lincoln Riley's got to find a way to get a team, a team to play defense that he's in charge of because the Lord knows they'll play some damn offense. They can score, but they don't stop anybody, and they didn't stop people at Oklahoma when he was the head coach, and they don't stop people at Southern Cal, but they do score a ton. What do they need to be defensively 
40th in the country to have a chance? 30th? If they're top, yeah, if they're top 50 offense, I mean defense, they, they yeah. got yeah, they got a chance. Mike writes, Jeff, I remember in 2013 how confident you were. Why not be that confident this year? Well, 22 starters were, went to the NFL. They were unreal. That team was a collection of all-stars. And Jameis Winston, lest we forget, in 2013 was as good a quarterback that's ever played the position. He was incredible. He was brilliant pre-snap. He made great decision after great decision. He could throw the ball anywhere on the field to keep defenses honest. He was remarkable. And they were loaded. They were loaded with superstars everywhere. That, that defense was – you had no Woo! questions about that defense before the season started. The question was about Jameis. You had Discovery 1, Spring Game, Discovery 2, Pittsburgh – and then the final one you needed, which was Clemson on the road. It was end of discussion at that point. But, I mean, we went into that season. He's right. I did. I went into that season saying they're really, really freaking good. Really good. Like, the only thing that's going to hold this team back is if for some reason the lights come on and Jameis is a different kid. Because short of that, they're awesome. There was a moment like that in practice on Saturday, though, in which Jared versus – and this has happened a bunch in spring. But Jared versus gets by whoever he needs to get by causes nearly an instant pressure on Jordan Travis, who had dropped back, kind of was leaning to his right, which is the side that Verse was coming from. He sidesteps once to the left. It's the maybe one-hundredth of a second, the tenth of a second he needs for the space. Delivers a throw awkwardly right on target mm -hmm. to a receiver and a comeback, and it's a, it's a small window to complete it, where you just see that four different players, quarterback, defensive end, receiver, and corner, all did their jobs. Everybody did their jobs perfectly, ended up being a good play for the offense. That's the kind of stuff where you, you start to get a little bit misty-eyed, and you say, well, hang on now. Well, I, I think that when when we saw Keon Coleman the other day, and just you, you watch him today at practice, he, uh -oh. he had a 360 catch on Saturday. He's, um, he's a huge difference maker for this team. I they're so deep at running back. This offensive line is very good. You're good at tight end. I mean, yes, I, I have said it over and over and over again that the offense is going to be a problem for every single team they face. I absolutely agree. I, I'm unwavering in my confidence in this offense. I've told everybody that would listen, they're going to be great on offense. Great. I don't know if they'll be great on defense. They could be good. And they may they hey listen they might if they if they stop the run and I agree with you on that assessment like if they can stop the run consistently they've got ball hawks right now that are making aggressive plays on the football every day we go out there the windows are are tiny they're too they're much smaller they've got a pass rush they've got a lot of things that would get you excited again I think they're okay at linebacker not great and they're not deep there so that would be a bit of a concern and if they're not able to stop the run consistently then that becomes an even bigger problem there was uh, a play on saturday that was it was fun because you, you have a few days of the defense winning again they're not in shoulder pads until saturday for the first time practice three but it's enough to where you're saying all right the offense can hit a shot play here or there but um you know anything else and then they pop counter on the defense mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a big play because yeah. mike yeah. had him leaning one way you're like oh Okay, never mind. No concerns here. It's just the variety of what the offense can do to you. That's the other thing. We talked about this with Jordan Travis a year ago in spring. They know what he can do. What 
what can we do? What more can we do? And I think that's part of the offense and the defense are doing this camp, which is explore how, how wide you can make the playbook. How thick can you make the playbook for this upcoming season? Oh, buddy. I think they got everything they want in that playbook. I mean, they got all the guys that they're going to be fine with that. I, I think they're good. Let's go check on something here. Let's see if it's uh, worth getting excited about. We'll, we'll do so here during a break and come back, and I'll tell you what it was. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. More Chant TV.